Hi, this is Adina here with today's episode of Wonder Your Way to Brilliant, podcast show of Courage to be Curious. And it is October, and if you've been following along with us this year, you know that we have been traveling a journey of exploring the ethical practices embedded in yoga called the Yamas and the Niyamas. And in the month of October, we are beginning our exploration of the Niyama of Svadhyaya, which is self-study. And um, it's interesting, if you are on our mailing list, you know that at the top of this month, just last week, the newsletter came out where I introduced the fact of having made a name change. Um, those of you who are not on the mailing list, that I have uh, made a transition from Adina Laver to Adina Tovel, which is a name that I chose as a new last name for a new era in my life and a new transition, literally meaning Adina meaning gentle and Tovel meaning goodness of God. And the reason I raised this at the beginning of the exploration of Svadhyaya is that this transition came about and the selection of name came about as a direct result of this kind of self-exploration and self-study. This kind of self-study of who am I, who have I been, where have I come from, you know, what do I, who do I feel myself to be now, you know, what encaptures the kind of energy that I intend to bring into the world, that I look and, and study and want to bring into the world, or I feel like is true to my nature. And so there was a lot of self-exploration and self-study that went into making this major transition. And even, you know, I think having the courage to use our own language of courage to be curious to, you know, let go of something that's been very, very precious and very impactful in my life, the name labor, and move into something else. And so this experience of Svadhyaya, this exploring this niyama, is a powerful practice. And in some ways, I would like to say the essence of what courage to be curious is really about. When we're having the courage to be curious, as you may have pieced together from all of the podcasts you've listened to or things that you've read or ways that you've interfaced with us, the courage to be curious, it's really about getting curious about the self and others, getting curious about our space in the world and looking at ourselves through new lenses and looking at the world through new lenses. And at the beginning of this chapter in Deborah Adele's book, The Yamas and Niyamas, um, there is this quote that says, know yourself so well that you will grow into your wholeness and greatness. Know yourself so well that you will grow into your wholeness and greatness. And as I said, when I, when I think about what we do here, Courage to be Curious, why I believe this company exists and why I believe it needs to exist and has its place in the world and the practices that we use is that the greatness and that wholeness exists everywhere. It exists in everything and it exists in every person. But as we'll soon explore, it's often obscured by a whole variety of things. Deborah Dell offers one metaphor that I'm going to share with you in a moment as to you know, how, how we can think about this obscuring. But if we were willing to entertain that wholeness, greatness, and as she will propose later, and as I believe, even divinity resides within each of us, then what would we do to know that? 
And what kind of courage would it take to pursue that in ourself and in others? But in this particular section, we're talking about in ourself. So I'm going to share something directly from Deborah Adele's book because the story is really beautiful. But she starts off by talking about how one Christmas she and her brother got together and decided that every Christmas their dad got gypped because he never quite got a gift that they felt was a full expression of the love that they felt for him. And they decided that year they were going to save all their babysitting money and things like that and buy him a really special, special gift. And they ended up going to a jewelry store and buying their dad the most beautiful diamond ring that they could afford with their money. So when they got home, they decided that what they were going to do is that the gift needed to be wrapped in a really special way. And they did that kind of gift wrapping that many of us have sort of seen where you put it in a box, inside a box, inside a box, inside a box, inside a box. And then they gave it to their dad and, and Christmas morning. And so when it was the day for him to open it and he would go through and unwrap a box and then unwrap another box at some point, you know, as we can imagine a dad doing sort of like, okay, this is the joke and then expecting something very silly or perhaps even nothing at the end because he would assume they were playing a grand practical joke on him. And then instead he got to the last box and then the extraordinary expression on his face when he actually saw what was in the final box. And the reason she brings forth the story is she um, connects it to a teaching of the yogis that as human beings were packaged much like, much like this diamond ring, that we are at the very core divine consciousness, divine energy. But around this pure consciousness and around this divine energy that's within each of us, there we're packed in boxes. You know, our conditioning and our belief systems, our histories, all of these things sort of package themselves around our pure consciousness and our divine energy. They become the things that we start to identify as ourselves. We identify ourselves as my, our beliefs and our experiences and, you know, the things that we know or the accomplishments that we have or the fears or the likes or the dislikes or, you know, even our skillful means and all of these things. And that all of these boxes are informed by our culture, our gender, or where we live, our town, our ancestors, family history, groups we belong to, and the entire range of our personal life experience, all create, if we could imagine, these layers and layers and layers of boxes that keep obscured or, you know, just force us to take a long journey to what's actually at the center. And what I think is really important about this metaphor and what is so brilliant about her bringing about the story with the boxes is that you know, why it's so hard for us to find this self inside and even why we might not try, why we might not make the practice of self-study something that we feel very committed to. Like, you know, uh, just to kind of, you know, put it in real terms, some of us start therapy or some of us start coaching or some of us start journaling and all those kinds of things. And lots of times I'll hear clients say to me things like, well, I didn't get there. Like, where am I supposed to get? Or, you know, I've been doing this work for X period of time and I don't feel this yet, or I don't feel like I've gotten there yet. And you could imagine it being like opening each of these boxes. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get the joke already. And at some point you almost want to give up opening the boxes 
because each time you open a box and all you find is another box, there's almost this layer of disappointment that is brewing that really there's not going to be anything underneath. And I know that there were so many times when I sort of remember having this experience of like, okay, you know, you explore this and then you just come up against another box, you come up against another layer and, you know, is it really leading anywhere? Is this worth the effort? And sometimes when you're opening the boxes, you're coming up against pain and you're coming up against, you know, shame or grief or sadness and, you know, all these kinds of things that are not so easy to get through, just sort of like the disappointment that it sort of starts to mount or even a, a, a slight veil of anxiety that can mount as you're opening each box and not finding anything on the other side. And that this notion that lying beneath that was the diamond ring and the jewel and this whole journey of self-study and self-exploration is, is that, right? Do we have the perseverance to keep working through the layers of the things that might be obscuring that pure consciousness, that divine energy that's inside of us, that place where we experience perhaps joy in a way that we've never experienced it. Of course, we may also experience sadness in a way we've never experienced because those two things tend to come hand in hand, but that we experience the sense of touching into our own divine light. And so, you know, I, I love this metaphor that she brings and she then follows it up with this story that she said is like told in the East where God had just created human beings and then realizing that God had made a terrible mistake. God calls for a council of elders to get some help. And then when the elders are gathered, God reports, I've just created humans. And now I don't know what I'm going to do. They're always going to be talking to me, wanting things from me, and I won't ever get any rest or peace. And so upon hearing God's dilemmas, they try to make suggestions. Maybe God could hide on Mount Everest. Maybe God could hide at the bottom of the sea or deep in the earth. And God responds hopelessly that, no, these humans, they're way too resourceful. They will always find me in those places. And then finally, one of the elders walks up to God and whispers something in God's ear. And God shouts in delight, that's it. I will hide myself inside of each human. They will never find me there. And, you know, that we go on, we suffer in the world, like that all of our suffering is really made up because we forget who we are. We forget that we're pure consciousness. We forget that we're divine energy. We forget that we are this precious thing just wrapped in boxes. And we, you know, forget that these things are really there. And we go about and we live our life in a response to everything that's occurring around us in a response to, you know, the people, the jobs, the weather, the political events, the, all the things that happen. And we allow our lives to simply become the response to those things or the reaction to those things um, and forget in each moment this divine presence and consciousness that we actually are. And so in this month, we're going to be taking this journey and really looking at the process, the, the journey of Sadiyaha, Sadiyaya, and you know, how we engage in self-study, what are the practices that can lead us there, and how do we overcome what I find you know, can be fearful resistance to going there. Because while it sounds very beautiful that there's a light inside each of us, and if we unwrap enough boxes that we can get there, the actual experience is, is that this is quite a difficult thing to do, and it's quite a difficult thing to stay with. 
Um, and it's a, quite a difficult thing to, I think, keep faith around that there is a reason to do it and a reason to go through the painful layers that might be there. Um, that is there actually something waiting on the other side? So this is our journey this month as our, as happens with each of the yamas and yamas, I will say it is not like a lightweight journey. It's not for the sissies among us, right? It's really serious work. So join me as for the next three weeks as we journey through this um, in the month of October and let's engage together. And as this podcast speaks to you or you have questions about it or you feel ready to start engaging in a deep practice or process of self-study. This is what we do. This is the, at least the part of the private practice of our work at Courage to be Curious. And so I encourage you to reach out. Um, you can always reach me at adina or info at couragetobecurious.com. And I look forward to being back with you in the coming week as we continue to explore. <laughs>